So John took, I sent the timeline and I, I had organized it in terms of first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. But the interesting thing was that when I got to the third quarter, the end of the second quarter and started the third, I kept seeing this like being jerked back and forth between these two alternatives. And I would see this thing that looked so interesting and so good and so uh, different. Uh, didn't have as much angst. It didn't have the crap that the other one had. And, and, and I kept trying to like, okay, which one is it? Um, and finally, I just thought, okay, let me just pursue the one that um, we're on track with right now, but then I'm going to come back and look at this other one. And I called it a break in the timeline because that's actually what it looked like. And, and so then I sent that to, um, to them and, and Karen came back with this and she just does fabulous work. She's, an ama she's a major artist. So um, it starts off like this. And um, this was the first quarter um, I don't know if you saw where I said in the look-see that a, a major court or a court makes a major decision that is very distressing to the cabal. Um, and that was all I said, that they didn't like it. Somebody sent me a report from The Hague saying that The Hague had declared that the Dutch government had to, um, they had to open up. They had to lift the pandemic curfew because it was, um, it was illegal what they were doing. And, and so I, I revised what I had seen and just put in, okay, the court decision was from The Hague and it declared that the Dutch government had to lift that pandemic. Um, Texas I, continues to march towards secession. Other states thinking along the same lines. Um, people continue to travel by car and plane and from state to state but the talk about restrictions is getting more and more. Um, and democracy looks more and more like a puppet show due to the use of clones. And we were seeing our freedoms disappearing um, one at a time, just enough so that people really weren't paying attention. Um, and then all of a sudden, one day they wake up and realize that they can't do anything. Um, and it's not just about speech. It's about travel, it's about um, purchasing, it's about everything. Um, so that was um, the second thing. This was the third thing. Here was the puppet show. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, and then there was a shock wave that I saw. Um, hang on a second. Uh, in the second quarter, the second quarter, a lot of stuff came up. Um, again, people were hitting the wall. They were at the end of their patience. Um, obvious anger in many. And, they, and it had crystallized into this sense of betrayal across the entire country. And my thought was, yeah, yeah, we have been betrayed by the people that we paid to represent us. So um, the financial crisis did appear again, and a big bank looked like it was going down. It was struggling, but it was obviously insolvent. 
Um, and then um, what I had seen in the middle of February was this churning, angry, you know, ready to explode thing. And what I saw um, at the beginning of, of March was that that whole block of anger and churning, panic and frustration was frozen. It was just frozen in place and nothing was moving. And it, it just looked like people were sort of frozen in shock. Um, and many hard questions were being asked, very hard questions, but there weren't any easy answers, none. Um, and then that was followed by a general sense of floundering, um, kind of like fish out of water, like, oh, what do we do? You know, that kind of thing. Um, panicky actions that didn't have good thought or good planning behind them. You cannot plan if you get into a panic. You have to have done all that thinking and planning beforehand. So um, the and those in the middle, the upper middle and the upper classes were the ones who were in this, oh, you know, we need to do something. Oh my gosh, somebody do something kind of, of behavior and, and attitude. And then again, I saw fights over water, but it wasn't clear if that was drinking water or, you know, like a big body of water or the right to use or to travel over some kind of water. Um, so that fit right in again with travel restrictions. Um, the price of gas and oil going up, the price of food going up. And then there was a big earthquake and I thought maybe two. Um, that followed one and then another one down the coast uh, along the west coast of the U.S. Um, again, saw people leaving the cities and the coast moving to rural inland locations. Um, and then um, that, I don't know what she's got in here, second quarter of 2021, um, more talk of travel, less restrictions, uh, or wait, more talk of travel restrictions and less availability to travel. Um, some of that was actually happening. They were beginning to have checkpoints and you couldn't pass without a vaccine. <laughs> I was like, ah. Um, so, and then I also saw that people were, quite a few people were not filing their taxes. Some of it was a deliberate, I'm not filing. Others were, well, let me just wait. I think I'll file an extension. Let me just wait and see what happens. Um, but, you know, they didn't, they weren't agreeing with the government. Nobody was agreeing. Um, but then when I got to the end of the, of, it was actually the end of March and into April, um, the masks were beginning to lift. The places were opening up and officials were deliberately trying to ease the anger. They're still afraid of us because there's only a few of them and there's a lot of us. And so they were like, well, we better lift these masks. We better open up a little bit. Um, so that, you know, that really brought me to the end of the month. And that's when I saw, I didn't know, I couldn't see what it was. It was just like, oh, you know, that sort of reaction. And, and I ended up looking at that again and again, I came back to it. I couldn't see anything specific except the oh, kind of reaction. And so I ended up calling that wild card played. Um, 
I didn't know what it had to do with, but I was pretty sure it had to do with money and government. Um, and then that's when at, it was at the end of the second quarter that the, um, it looked like there was this timeline split that began to appear. And I figured out the white wall. I'm not at liberty to say what that is, but I know what it is. Um, I was like, OMG. Okay, now I know why I saw that white wall. So um, anyway, the next thing was the third quarter. Um, and everywhere I went, people were scrambling. Everywhere. It was like there were no options <laughs> unless you had set them up beforehand. Um, so um, I could not find Biden in the third quarter. Um, and, and I thought, is he, is he gone? Is he dead? Did he pass? Did he, is he on vacation? Where is he? Um, I couldn't find him. Uh, price of oil and gas was still going up. Um, the price of food was still going up. The store shelves were skimpy in some places and empty in others. I had hoped that that would change, but it didn't look like that, at least as of March 3rd. <laughs> um, there was a general sense of anxiety, like hand wringing kind of thing. Um, and people were demonstrating and protesting in some places, but not everywhere, not everywhere. Um, and, uh, oh, I see, I skipped a, a line here. The general sense of anxiety came from people didn't know what to believe in anymore. They didn't believe in anything or anyone. It was this dark night of the soul. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know where I am anymore. Um, and there were good things happening in the background, but people didn't know because mainstream media was not sharing any of that. They're continuing their narrative. Um, and so people felt like they had nothing to hang on to. And from that point on till the end of the year, it was pretty bleak, it was pretty dark. Um, there was a lot of scrambling around cryptocurrencies and people were trying to get on board. They were trying to learn how to use them. Um, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of frustration. Um, people feeling like they, they didn't get it or they didn't understand it or, 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 or. Um, Apple Pay and Google Pay adopted cryptos, cryptocurrencies. Um, and then I saw severe, I mean, severe storms like tornadoes um, right across the center of the country. Um, and I, I was not happy about that. A lot of people were without electricity. And it reminded me of what went on in Texas, except instead of an ice storm, it was tornadoes. Um, I saw U.S. passports, again, were not being or honored in a lot of countries. Not a lot, but quite a few. And that hobbled attempts by the wealthier to leave the country. Nobody wanted people from the U.S. We were persona non grata because our government had been so nasty to people over the last 50 years. They were like, huh. It's your turn, suffer, sucker. And I was just really sad about that. Like, oh, okay. Um, the good thing was that local groups were forming everywhere, all across the country. 
they were towns, there were county seats or county groups, there were regional groups, there were pieces of states, um, there were bioregions, etc. Um, and in an attempt to distract from the anger and the, the disillusionment, there were some announcements about ETs and UFOs, um, you know, a lot of stuff that was being done in order to try to get our mind off of what was bothering us. Um, people were interested in the EF, ETs and UFOs, but they were not distracted from what they were really focused on, what, which was kind of like, what the hell is going on kind of thing. Um, and then um, I got to the third quarter uh, and this was the, the second timeline. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see how she got this. <laughs> it's not quite organized the way that I organized it. Um, so there was a general sense of shock or surprise. Um, remember back at the end of the second quarter, I said there was this <gasps> look like a wild card that was played. Um, this seemed to follow on from that. So um, it was there and people relaxed. I mean, they were still very watchful and very distrustful, but they were like, okay, let's see how this goes. That's the attitude that they had. Um, so a bit of ease returning to life in general and the anxiety lessened very slowly, very slowly. Uh, the price of gas and oil was still going up. Price of food was up, but it was up for a different reason. So um, it was up because people were paying people who grew food <clears throat> what it really takes, what they felt that food was really worth. In other words, it was a living wage. They were willing to pay um, to make sure that the person growing was able to keep growing and pay their bills, et cetera, et cetera. And there was much more interest in locally grown food. Um, and we had that a few years ago, 10 years ago, locally grown, locally grown, you know, why eat food that's been shipped an average of 1500 miles and lost most of its nutrition en route when we could get it locally. Um, and that's really an important piece. Um, so, that was a change. There was some sort of financial change that was taking place. Um, this looked like a, uh, you know, a set of currencies that were available or being used, some being phased out, some being phased in, some, you know, doing other things. Um, just a whole different way of looking at money and thinking about money. Uh, and I thought cryptocurrencies were somehow integrating much more um, and maybe some other things. Um, people who, <laughs> this was one thing I saw, people who had junkyards uh, or junk or their garage was full, they were out there trading the stuff that they had stacked up in their garage for the last two dozen years saying, you know, oh my God, I'm cleaning my garage. People want this? Come and get it. And, and so there was all kind of trading going on. It was really kind of funny to see. Um, people were cheering the collapse of the dollar. I was uh, pretty shocked at that. 
it meant chaos for most of us that had not made that move into expanding our ideas about money. But the people who were, um, who knew what the dollar had caused, you know, what it represented, they were cheering. And they were hoping that it would go down all the rest of the way. Like, let's clean house. They were also expecting it to, uh, like, come back on board as a new refreshed dollar. Um, I wasn't sure about that. So um, there was a lot of political confusion caused by the dollar demise. I was just like, why the political confusion? I, I you know, I, I probably need to think about this a little more deeply, but wow, our politics and our money are intimately tied. It's almost impossible to take those two and separate them. And, and so that everybody was like, you know, without the dollar, what do we have? Who are we? Um, what can we use to trade? Lots of questions all the way up to the top of the heap, um, which the heap was kind of falling apart. <laughs> so um, again, in this timeline, there were severe storms across the country and that sparked a lot of conversation about sustainable housing, sustainable food, um, sustainable lifestyles, uh, energy, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, in this timeline, again, local groups were forming around the country. Um, schools were open, but not many were returning to them. Like, oh, and self-education. This was something I saw. Self-education was just beginning its long climb to normal. The idea of a highly educated person down the road um, is, is like that person is so one-sided, so biased, so ignorant that only the people who had self-educated um, were really being respected. And I thought that was a tremendous, I mean, I was shocked by that. It's like, oh, wow. Um, so there were announcements about UFOs and ETs, um, and, and that created conversations all over the place about what would be needed to meet them, to learn from them, to understand their consciousness, their technology, to bring the planet together, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of conversations. Um, and then there were worries about China that were pretty strong. Um, and how do we get accurate information about China? In this timeline, um, which was the second or the third and fourth quarter of the year, um, that whole business about China, people were uh, very, very aware that nothing true or accurate or balanced or perceptive or very deep was coming from the mainstream media. Um, so there was that. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, Bitcoin passports, UFOs, you know, oh. <laughs> some sort of uh, wild card event there triggers that reaction. Um, and, that, and then, yeah, people, this was something people felt broken. Um, we'll come to that. Um, 
in the fourth quarter, number one timeline um, across the greater population from about June, July, all the way through the end of the year, um, there was this general sense of people being deeply, deeply depressed and the recognition that nothing would ever be the same as it used to be. It was, people had a very, very dark outlook and everybody felt broken. Not just the people, not just their routines, not just you know the, the world they knew, the entire United States broken. Um, so uh, only a few were paying attention to government. Um, and even though there were some big projects being planned, some very big, people didn't believe that those projects would happen. Um, they understood money laundering and the general attitude was it's just an excuse to launder money. Nothing will ever really happen. So um, the, the big projects were really not public yet, but they included housing, um, roads, rail projects, that kind of thing, big projects. Um, people are still coming together and they're making their own rules. Um, the other thing I saw was many, many abandoned houses uh, when, in the fourth quarter. At the end of the year, some had abandoned houses for financial reasons. They just didn't have the money and their attitude to the bank was, it's yours, take it. Um, others had left their houses because the owners decided that the house was unlivable. And that meant that it wasn't set up to heat, to cool, to cook, or to work the way life was organized now. And then there were still others um, who said, no, I'm, I'm leaving here, forget the house. I'll get another one somewhere else. I want to be with like-minded people. I want to be um, in a place where the people understand uh, or have like-minded ideas in terms of government, government finance, uh, medical rights, medical sovereignty, stuff like that. Um, and so, um, so then she's got this spark where she said, there's a developing timeline that offers something a little different, but I couldn't see the specific spark. Um, that's, you know, that wild. Um, so then we come to the fourth quarter of this alternate timeline. And um, people are, you know, this is like October, November, December. There's kind of like a delayed reaction, you know, like what has just happened? Um, that kind of thing. And people are grieving. And they were grieving for the rest of the year. They were grieving about what's happened over the last four years. Um, and that, and I think we need to take time to grieve because I think we're correct in saying it's never going to be the way it was ever again. So, um, but alongside that grieving, there were discussions and plans for a new kind of governance network. Um, amazing, amazing new kind of governance network. I was like, oh, wow. Um, there were arguments of, over punishment for those who cannot be trusted with power. Um, and, and those arguments were really people, some people wanted ven vengeance. They wanted revenge. 
um, for those who betrayed us. They're, they're angry and they don't want to look forward. Um, so there's still some of that, but the majority were saying, no, no, let's go this way. Never mind that. That's it's over. It's done. Let's go this way. Um, so, you know, make space for people to grieve at their own rate. Vengeance is not really good. Um, so again, I saw big projects being planned, amazing big projects, very big. Um, and they weren't quite public yet, um, but they included transport, transportation, um, housing, roads, rail, uh, the energy grid, communications, um, all sorts of things, medical, all sorts of things. Um, airlines were closing down and interest in rail travel and space travel was going up. I was like, I'm not, I'm, you're not getting me <laughs> on some of those spaceships. They're not, you know, if humans are making them, we're not there yet. So, um, some people were unable to transition to having enough. They were still struggling for power in the form of gangs, extortion groups, uh, threats, and things like that. Um, but, the, but in this timeline, uh, people had enough. Um, and, and we had enough because we had come together. And that was part of that whole cleaning out the garage and, you know, do you need an old dresser? Do you need a new dresser that I really don't have room for anymore because I'm downsizing? Um, a lot of stuff like that happening. There was more than enough. So um, people were going beyond government thinking and government limitations and government rules. They just weren't even thinking about the government anymore. Um, many laws were changing and being modified, and those included um, what was legal and illegal, what made sense, um, a lot of stuff um, being instituted around protection from big government or power-hungry people, and a lot of uh, stuff being changed, like zoning laws like um, energy grid, like uh, all sorts of things, public service, uh, public utilities, all kinds of laws that were changing, being modified. Um, and that starts in the fourth quarter while, and people were saying, we have to think about this now while this is still fresh. This is still, you know, while we're in it so we can see what's, what hasn't worked and what we need to make work. Um, and there was a mushrooming interest in new technologies. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they were everywhere, everywhere. Um, and it was an interesting uh, mix of old technology and new. I thought that was very, um, you know, noticeable. It's like, oh wow, okay. Um, people were wanting to have on hand what would make themselves sufficient and yet have access to new technologies. And the self-sufficiency was really, you know, like grandma's old bean pot, you know, in case we're cooking over a fire, the bean pot will hold up over a fire, that kind of thing. Um, and then many people were needing help, they were needing support, they were needing education, encouragement, 
come on, come on. It's okay. We're just moving into um, a new kind of world, a new kind of governance. And, um, and I was reminded uh, very starkly of one of the things the robes had said, which was that um, the government goes the way of the Catholic Church, which is almost uh, irrelevant at this point. I mean, in the U.S., uh, maybe in Latin America or in South America or in Italy, the church is still very much present in um, etc. But the masses of people who used to attend church, who used to contribute 10% of their income, who used to go to church and go to communion and go to confession every week, if not every day, um, the thousands of people becoming nuns and priests, that's not happening. And that's not happening in the government. People are not wanting to become politicians. They are wanting to go into government. They won't. They don't want to be associated with that. Um, there are some other things that I saw where a few people uh, formed their own vigilante groups against those who were in government um, and some of the big tech people. Um, I didn't like that, but. Um, Anyway, I, we're coming into a time when we just need to take care of one another. A lot of people are going to move in, on this timeline. They're going to move into that future with gusto. Um, and it, and I, wanted, I, I just want to say at the very close of what I had seen that over 2022, <laughs> it looked like there was another financial change happening. And, and I just saw that kind of as a coming wave. And I thought, what the heck is that? We got money everywhere. Um, so, you know, just be aware. <laughs> okay. Why is it that we can't go back that what we had before is not sustainable? We can't go back because we've outgrown what we had. Okay. In the same way that we can't go back to being three years old or five years old or 12. Um, we can't go back to what you call the very appropriately, the great American way, um, because we have outgrown that. Um, what happens when, how do I say this? Uh, what happens when you, when you outgrow something, that means it no longer fits. And what we have in our country is a lot of hoopla about democracy and um, how wonderful it is. But when you look behind the curtain, it's not so wonderful. It's not so beautiful. It isn't so honorable. Um, it's, and so, and there's a lot of greed. There's an awful lot of corruption. There's, it's too much. Um, corruption means something doesn't work anymore. To corrupt a file means you can't access that. Um, that document isn't there anymore. Um, and it's, it's been scrambled in some way. So that's where we're at as a population. We've outgrown our past thinking, our past ideas. Um, we can't go back. It's like the little men in brown robe said, you can't go forward looking in the rearview mirror. It just doesn't work. And, and so we have to start looking forward and ask ourselves, okay, if this is over, um, what can we create? What can we do? Where can we go from here? 
um, that's really the critical piece. Can you make that shift to looking at the future, even if right now it looks like it's empty, it's blank? And it is. It's a blank slate. I started, I think, I, I don't know at what point it was, last year, September, October, I started saying to people, um, you know, I, I see that we might be getting led into the squeeze gate. Um, another thing I said over and over was, we might have to finish this ourselves. Um, another thing I said was, I can see where, you know, we're being led forward um, in a way that is, sounds very wonderful and somebody's out there doing something. But when I look at what's actually being done in the background, it's like, ah, okay, is all this happening so that we don't look over here? Um, and I wanted, I wanted over here. <laughs> I didn't want to be in the squeeze gate. I didn't want to have to do this ourselves. I just like everybody else, I wanted it to be done for us. But um, back at the, um, I think it was at the end of December, right, right around the time that, um, that the, what was it, the Electoral College was meeting to ratify the votes. That was sometime in December. I, at that point, said, okay, if nothing has happened by March 1st, and I wasn't aware of the March 4th possibility or the fact that that used to be our old election day or any of that. Um, and today's March 4th, actually. But um, back at that time in, in mid-December, I said, if nothing happens by March 1st, then I'm going to know that we have to do this ourselves we have to make this happen ourselves that nobody's out there to save us. Um, there are some possibilities that I see, but we can't have those possibilities if we don't make the shift in consciousness that has to be made because we, won't, we wouldn't be able to handle what would be offered to us. If we don't make that shift, the reality that we have and that we've all lived for the last 70 years is a result of the consciousness that we've had. And that consciousness is it's no longer working. So the system has gotten old. Nobody renewed it. Nobody was paying attention. Nobody was doing anything that was good. They were only doing stuff that was bad. So here we are. So, um, you know, so at, at this point in time, if we go to your, your question, um, why don't we want to go back? It's because that wasn't working. It was only working in our imagination. It wasn't working for a lot of people. A lot of children disappeared. It wasn't working for a lot of, of people, the humans doesn't matter what race you're talking about, doesn't matter what age group you're talking about, it doesn't matter what financial group you're talking about, it wasn't working, not the way it could have and should have. Because a society or a civilization has to move people toward a more expansive consciousness and toward greater love. If it doesn't do that, it's not working. So what would happen if we stayed on this path? Okay. 
So if we, if we stay on the path that we're on, we will, that'll be the end of us. We will go extinct. We will not survive. Um, there might be a handful of people that survive, but by and large, the civilization will not survive. Why? Because we aren't connected to Mother Earth. We don't know her cycles. We don't know the cycles of the sun and the moon and the solar system. We don't pay attention to the cycles in the weather. We have 8 billion people that have to be fed. Are we moving into a time where it looks like we can produce enough food for 8 billion people using the systems that we've had in the past? No, we're, it, it, we're just not there. It doesn't matter what system you're talking about. The governance isn't working. The medical isn't working. It does more harm than good. Education isn't working. People are not being brought into their own genius. Nothing is working. When it stops working, people stop being able to figure out how to survive. They sit there and wait for somebody to tell them what to do. They sit there and wait for somebody to rescue them. That doesn't work. And, and those who get up and say, well, hell, you know, I think I better go uh, you know, whatever. I better go plant some seeds. Um, I better go um, to bed early so I can get enough sleep so I can be refreshed and clear enough to see what's really happening. Um, when, and, and this is just a little fact about the brain, when you get stressed, your brain, the cortex, you do not have access to the cortex of the brain, which is where all of your patterns, all of your ideas, all of your creativity is. So when you get into a moment of panic or anger or fear, all that shuts down. Now you're stuck with old patterns, old responses, and lack of clarity. Because you weren't seeing back then, and now you're really, really not seeing and so we won't survive. We won't see, we won't learn, we won't understand what's coming, what we need to do differently. We won't expand our consciousness. If we want a new world, we need a new consciousness. You can't get a new world with the old consciousness. So we'll just wink out like a lot of other civilizations that have been here and who did not rise to the challenge and they're gone for one reason or another. You know, conditions changed, they weren't ready. We have some things we need to be getting ready for if we want to survive with a good sized population. The goal is not less population, it's more. I know that flies in the face of everybody's ideas, but that's, you know, the idea of less population means more yards, more house, more power for me or whoever, you know, the big, the big tech guys, the big, we're having lessons all the way up and down the line. You know, if the financial system isn't working, why isn't it working? It's because so many people don't have the money they need to survive. And this handful over here has it all and they're not sharing it. They're not making sure that these guys over here are taken care of. So we can't go on. I mean, the, the Bill Gates and the Jeff Bezos and the Warren Buffett's lessons 
are right there in our face. You can't allow or you can't have a system that allows, uh, you know, a handful of people to take everything and say, this is mine. And then try to get rid of others. The population has to have a critical mass of consciousness in order to survive, in order to have the mass of creativity and power that is needed to survive. We need enough people on the planet, and 8 billion is not quite enough. I mean, it is a fairly small planet, but it is barely populated compared to other planets. So, you know, this idea of getting rid of people, that's, uh, that's insanity. And people who propose that are psychopathic. They're nuts. They're crazy. So, I, you know, do we have the means to produce everything that we need? Yes, but we have to do it differently. Everything has to be rethought, recreated. Everything. At this time, what is the source of the problem and what would bring people together? And what do you mean by we will finish this? Um, okay, there are several sources of the problem. Um, the biggest source is the media um, because everyone has been hypnotized. Everyone. Hypnosis is, by definition, the directing of someone's attention. That's all it is. You just direct somebody's attention, okay? Law of consciousness is, wherever your attention goes, energy flows. And whatever you're putting your attention on becomes bigger more powerful, more stable, more real. So when you have a media that is hypnotizing the whole darn population, then what? there's one source of the problem right there. The second source of the problem is the result of that hypnosis, being hypnotized into fear, being hypnotized into, and the other a uh, big source of the problem is the lack of reality. People live in illusions. They love drama. They love movies. They love excitement. Why? Because consciousness loves those things. The excitement of creating a new world, new systems is 10 times more fulfilling than the excitement of watching a movie, a drama. It's, it, the movie is over and then you're like, okay, next. Meanwhile, you're distracted from the satisfaction and the joy of working with others to create something new that actually works, that resolves issues and problems. So, you know, that, that whole media thing, the distraction and the tendency for people to not understand why they're so attracted to living in the movies, on the screens, you know, and here I am on screen talking about this. The, the big issue, the thing that has to be dealt with is really the, um, the fact that we cannot live in illusion and survive in a reality. 
we're not the only ones in the reality. There's plants, there's animals, there's, um, there's weather systems, there's planets, there's other beings from other places. What are we doing watching TV? <laughs> Living in fantasy land. So that's another source of the problem, the failure to live in reality, to be real. I'll just mention that also what we think we want or what, how we think we want to live is also something that has been told that we need a house and that we need the, uh, right. you know, the, 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 the salary and that we need right. the job and the kids. And so we, we also live a lack of reality. We live in somebody else's reality because we don't know anything else. We don't know what it would be like to not want or have all these things. So just to put that like hit home is that that's the dream that people have. I want my own house. I want to have kids. I want to, you know, travel and go to this, you know, to, to visit other countries and come back home and still have my house. And, but that's yeah. the lack of reality. Again, that you say, this is a reality that we've been told is reality. Right. But I have to say that like myself, that's how I was brought up. So I don't, I can't imagine anything else. So it's very difficult. I can see how bleak it is for people to see, well, what else, what other reality could I be creating? And so that brings us to, you know, how could we come together with all this? Where are we going with all this? What could yeah. give us hope or something to nourish us to say, okay, we'll be okay. You know, it's, it's, we yeah. can create another reality. And then you, you've, you said really great things there that what you said, it's like, yeah, that's what it is. Lack of reality. We never talked about this before. It's great. Yeah. I, if we could just get excited about creating something new, then, and pull our attention away from, um, where it's going now, which is nowhere, it's going into a black hole, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if, if we could just get excited about that new earth, that new new systems, new ways of living, then the whole thing would turn around in a, a hot second. It would be really um, a powerful aha for a lot of people. Um, and if we got involved or invested in, you know, getting everybody, come on, come on, this way, we're going this way. Um, everybody feels in, included. Everybody feels like they're involved, like they're cared for. That's another thing that has to happen. Um, when I ask people over and over, and this is, I, you know, I ask people, what do you want? And it's such a big question that people don't know where to start. Um, so if, if we brought it down to the personal level, do you want enough sleep? Do you want good food, high density nutrition food? Or do you want the fake stuff that is taking you down? Do you want education? Do you want to fill your mind with a knowledge and wisdom and exciting things that are possible out there in our world as we look at and embrace new forms of energy that make new forms of technology possible? You know, do you want, do you want relationships? Do you want freedom? So when you talk, that's all the personal side of things. If, you, if you're talking about a civilization, the civilization, and this is where it begins to be really, really difficult. This is why I sometimes wonder if the cabal is trying to make this happen from the top down, which is not going to work. As a civilization, we have to want peace. We have to want to come together. We have to move past the idea of money. 
you know, we don't, we can't do that quickly. We have to work our way past money in the sense that we can still have some monies, but um, we can't have survival based on your ability to get money because too many people will not survive. And then you lose population when we need that mass of consciousness, all moving forward, all seeing, all bringing their attention to the creation of this new earth, this new way of being. We have to move past the kind of, and I hate to say this because it sounds like George Soros, but we will, I think, eventually come to a place where we're one as a planet, not, um, you know, we're not broken up into all sorts of nations that make war on one another. We will have regions and groups. It'll be different from nations, but, you know, um, that, how do you bring that, how do you bring that conversation forward to people who have been steeped in nationalism? And, and that goes right into making America great again. I want to make Americans great again. I would like to make Europeans great again and Asians great again and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that we come together, so that we decide as a group how to manage technology. If that's destructive, you know, should we get rid of it? Or who gets control of that? Only the most ethical, only the most, um, you know, people who are committed to 100% peace. Um, yes, you need destructive technology but not to use on one another. There are things that happen in solar systems where you need powerful technology. So, you know, that's, that's another thing we have to ask when we say, what do we want? Or that we have to answer, um, what do we want? Um, you know, what kind of, how do we want to live? Do you really need 3000 square feet? Or do you really need 600 square feet and access to an out of doors that is absolutely beautifully managed in terms of weather? Do we need to grow food differently so that it has super nutrition? You know, what, how do we as a group come together and answer those kinds of questions? What are we doing with our children? How do we want our children to be raised? Um, what do we want them to think or feel by the time they reach their maturity? Um, do we want them to be powerful or do we not? I mean, do we, I don't think we want a bunch of dummies on our hands. Um, and that is what the cabal has tried to create is people who are disabled and dumbed down. People who are not capable and that's what the whole, well, we won't go there. <laughs> There's just been a lot of destruction of humanity already in order to get control. And, and I see many, many similarities between the cabal program and the kinds of questions that we have to answer as we come together as a planet. The difference being they're coming top down and I'm coming bottom up. It has to be us 
deciding, not them telling. We will finish this. What do you mean yeah. by that? That means that we, if we have to raise our voices, we have to manage our consciousness. We have to put our attention where we want it to go. And, and I've said, you know, in other you know, interviews, if we all just sat home and said, I'm not getting online, I'm not buying one thing, I'm not ordering one thing, I'm not going shopping, I'm not trading any money for two days, the cabal would be broken right now. We would, as a, as a corollary to that, we would end up seeing our own power experiencing the power of mass consciousness, being in alignment. We saw a little touch of it with GameStop, um, and that was very telling. You know, the GameStop's here, the buck stops here. We have to begin to use our consciousness, and that's what I mean when I say we might have to finish this. We might have to say, yeah. You know, I don't need you, Facebook. I don't need you, um, whoever else in Twitter. You know, Twitter, forgive me. <laughs> okay. I have to think of Twitter as a bunch of twits. So, but there's good stuff on there as well. It's just that the people who run it are not honorable. Um, you know, and I, I even hate to be that critical, but you have to say what you see and you have to respond to what you know. And then you have to put your consciousness in a place or you have to use it in a way that is constructive, that doesn't just follow the crowd. So, um, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to get people kind of going in a different direction. So going along these lines, um, Trish was at the Tea and Consciousness on Monday and she could, not ask, she could not ask her question. But I think that might be nice for you to answer this in a wider context. So she says, what is the most vital thing I should do to stay safe? But we could also elaborate what is the most vital thing that people could do from now forward? Yes. What do you suggest? Well, first, I think I would say that that question just illuminates that whole question of fear of, you know, being secure or insecure. When you don't feel secure, that means you don't know what your options are. And therefore, you can't actualize what your options are. So, you know, that's why I talk about backup systems. Back up medicine, back up food, back up energy, back up water, back up electricity, da-da-da-da-da. So the most vital thing to be secure is to realize that you're a temporary being. You're here to have an experience. The second thing right behind that is to recognize what power you do have. And, and that may need some coaxing, <laughs> if I can say it that way. If you're just afraid, and, and you will be afraid when you don't have enough knowledge, not, you know, not ridiculous knowledge, but real knowledge about what does it take to be here? What does it take? It takes food, it takes water, it takes, um, you know, a place to sleep where you're not going to get eaten in the middle of the night. 
It takes friends. It takes people to chat with and laugh with and make love to and dance with and, and discuss with and et cetera, et cetera. It takes options to be able to create. It, it takes, it, it, you need freedom to create something and then step back and say, eh, I need some tweaking here. Um, and then you step back again and say, eh, maybe, nah. and if you don't like it, you say, no, let's, let's start over. Um, and so you start over learning from what you already know. So you have to be connected to people. You have to be connected to Mother Earth. Um, but most of all, you have to be connected to your deep self. It's either the deep state or the deep self. So go inside. Who is that person in there? What does he or she need? What does he or she believe? What is the thing that you're afraid of? You're afraid of dying? Was Yeah, when? Tomorrow, next minute, or 40 years from now, and you got 40 years worth of enjoyment that you could be having in the meantime, and 40 years of creativity. So the goal, you know, overall is connect with the self. What's missing in there? Supply it. You have permission. <laughs> Pretend I'm your mother. Supply yourself with what you need. You know, I'm counting on you to be self-sufficient. Recognize yourself. That's it in a nutshell. That is part of the journey within, the, the hero's journey. Um, get Joseph Campbell's work or get online and look at his story of the hero's journey, the thousand face, uh, what is that? I the, hero, the hero with a thousand faces. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Watch that. Recognize how challenging that journey is and how rewarding. Oh, my. I cannot emphasize that. We need that. We need that across the whole planet. We're on a journey. You know, the hero of eight billion faces. Each one of us is a hero in our own way. Recognize that. Recognize yourself. 